And like we've been doing the past couple weeks, uh, I'm going to read us a prayer to start off the service. Um, And this week we are focusing on love. Who is this king who inclined his ear to a broken world's groan and in reckless abandon came after his own? Who is this king with grace in his eyes whose love for us led him to lay down his life? Jesus, king of love. King Jesus, you've introduced us to the heart of the father. And with one glimpse into your love, we know we were made for no other. O lover of our souls, you pull us in close to be held, to know that you are good, to see that true love is not a feeling or a show. It is a place for us to be. It's a person for us to meet. And you are unlike anything. There is tenderness in your heart, a loving fire in your eyes. You melt the heart of stone. You call dead things back to life. Jesus Christ, you are better than life. Oh, to be loved as the apple of your eye. Our love for you is imperfect and broken. We're easily tempted to indulge in the world that we live in, but you still gave up your life to win us as your bride. You knew what you were getting into and you did not change your mind. So on the days when we doubt that your love is really enough, to reach us in a hole that we have dug for ourselves. Let our eyes catch your gaze, the look of your face, and we'll melt again in your grace as you tenderly say, dear child, it's never been about living up to something that's good enough. You see there's nothing you can do to earn a prouder love. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we draw near in this moment to be perfectly loved by you. And here in your love, Christ, we are radically transformed. We are radically renewed. Christ Jesus, we eagerly await the day when we'll meet you face to face. When in all clarity, our eyes will at last behold our lover, the one for whom we were made. Until that day, send us out in joy and childlikeness sure of your love and full of your spirit to a world desperate in search of something real. Jesus, King of love, thank you for coming. You're changing everything.
good evening, Mosaic. I am grateful that you're here with us on this Saturday evening, and I don't know what Saturday has looked like for you, but about 20 minutes ago, I was sprinting from this building to my office and back, so if your Saturday has looked anything like that, I just wanna invite you to rest and refocus uh, and reflect on the Lord and kind of shift our mindset. Hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Ashley Covert. I'm the communications coordinator here for Mosaic. Um, and I want to put some things on your radar. We're gonna start with things that are farther away, things that are closer, and then things that are a bit more pressing. So um, coming up in February, first weekend of February, we're gonna have our Discover class. Discover is our membership class. It's also a good on-ramp to community if you are new or are not established in a community group yet, uh, but we would really love you to participate that. You're gonna learn about the history of Mosaic and fellowship and why we are the way we are and do the things that we do. Um, so we invite you to participate in that if you've never done it. Um, next thing we have coming is our, well, let's see here. This isn't the notes. This is something I'm gonna read later. So if I could have the next slide up to help me. Thank you so much. Our Women's Spring Opportunities. Um, we're gonna have some studies starting in January. And then we're also gonna have you save the date, ladies, for a retreat that we are going to do um, in February. So February 24th through 26th, we're gonna have our women's retreat. Um, we're really excited about this because this will be kind of our first big retreat post-COVID, um, and so we're really looking forward to it. So mark your calendars for that. Registration is going to be live uh, beginning of the new year. The registration for our spring studies are live right now, so you can go to the news page, uh, follow that QR code, and get signed up for those. Okay, next thing we have, uh, this is our more pressing. If you are wanting to nominate anyone to the elder board, the nominations close on the 19th. So two more days. Um, so if you have been on the fence on nominating someone, just go ahead and get that submitted. You can do that online. Uh, so again, you can follow that QR code to the news page and it'll take you right there. Okay, continuing in worship, we're gonna read the offering slide. So if you guys would read this out loud with me. Oh, Father, giver of all, Every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiplied the offering of fish and loaves, multiply these to accomplish more than we can ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord. Nothing we can give could match your great gifts to us, your son and your spirit, amen. Amen. Church, would you stand with us as we sing? We sing about Noel, God with us. Let's shout it out, lift our voice. The
welcome, uh, welcome to Mosaic Church family. Sorry, stumbled over my words. Hey, I wanna tell you a story. Uh, first of all, my name is Kyle. I get to serve with our worship team here. But uh, as you know, we have two services at Mosaic. We have a five o'clock and a 6.30 service. Um, and at our 6.30 service, we're gonna get to do something really special. Uh, we're gonna get to baptize one of our members, uh, Drew Milliken. Um, but we just wanted to fill you in on that that's happening. Yeah, we can celebrate that. Um, so we're, we're kind of getting amped up for it before it happens. But we just wanted to fill you in on what's happening in our body, just in case um, you hear about it later. We just want to let you know that um, our waters are being stirred tonight, that um, someone has proclaimed Jesus as their king, um, that his advent that happened a while ago has changed someone's life. Um, and we get to celebrate that tonight. So as we uh, worship tonight, just know that this is happening. We're excited about it. We're, get, we're excited to celebrate it. But let's just continue in our worship and just be praying for Drew. Would you commit to that as our body? Just to pray for Drew as he begins his walk with the Lord and pro professes it publicly to our body. Let's continue in our worship. Thank you. 
sing to him our affection. family. I'm Michael, and this is my wonderful wife, Heidi. Our family, we are both blessed and honored by the Lord to uh, serve here and be with each of you. Thank you. Reading from Luke 2. In these days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that had a census should be taken for the entire Roman world. 
This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of the Lord. All right, you guys may be seated. How's it going, Mosaic? You guys are doing good? I'm Jason McMahon, and I am the global outreach pastor here. And um, I'm so honored to be with you guys tonight and to get to share from you, with you guys from God's word. And um, it's funny seeing them struggle to light that candle a little bit. I've done that many times as a global worker myself, and um, it's always nerve-wracking to do that. So um, I appreciate them lighting that candle of love. So tonight, I'm gonna pick up right where they just read what Colin taught you guys last week from God's Word. He taught this uh, in what might be the most familiar story in the Bible, the Christmas story, Right? And so I get the honor of sharing that with you tonight. And um, as, they had, as they had just talked about um, there in Luke 2, uh, verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloth, and she placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Right? And so... This is Luke's account, right? And what was Luke doing? Luke was looking to find out if what we heard about Jesus all these years later, this story of this man reverberated around Israel, was this a true story? And so he was in search of that. And so we know that, right? And so we know it's an account of that. But at the other hand, why it's important for us to meet here tonight and gather is this is inspired by God's Spirit This is a Holy Spirit account of this. And so this story, if you think about it, so miraculous, it divides time, right? It dates our birthdays, when our kids were born. It tells us what year we're in, right? We're about to celebrate a new year. How many times have we went around the sun? It does all these things for us, but for us, we know it does so much more, right? We know that this story is the biggest story from front to end with the resurrection 
of our existence and why we get to be here and why we celebrate and we gather on Saturday nights to worship. It's why this season, right, is so important for us to celebrate Christmas. And so we're so happy uh, to have Kyle in the choir and to get to celebrate all that tonight. So let's go back to when this happened, right? You've got the most powerful government in the history of the world, probably. They've ordered a census so that they can count the people in their country, under their power, under their territory, so that they can develop more order, more power, more control over these people and demonstrate growth inside their government. And so they've ordered this census, but you and I know that this is futile up against the will of a sovereign God. Our sovereign God that we worship tonight by coming here, singing these songs, reading from these holy scriptures, this means nothing to him. He ordains it all. And so in this case, he brought this to be. And so with that said, let's take a look at this. I wanna um, bring you guys in tonight to the power of your imagination. So I'm gonna ask you to do something that's a little bit hard, and I want you guys to close your eyes with me. So I know you feel like, oh man, I don't wanna do this, right? I wanna close my eyes. Please close your eyes. Keep them closed as long as you can because your imagination is so powerful and I need it um, for you to picture this story that you guys have all read so many times, okay? Imagine the last time that you went camping or maybe sitting on a porch. Can you hear the crackle of the fire? In the quiet of the night, can you feel the cool grass can you smell the fresh air? Can you guys see the stars? Can you see the clear night sky? There were shepherds in a field nearby keeping watch over their flocks. An angel of the Lord, the angel of Yahweh, appeared to them. Keep your eyes closed, please. So in the darkness, we see this angel. What do you see? What does he look like? Is he pure? Is he holy? Is he cloaked in fire? Is he angelic, white, brightness? It's impressive, right? And the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Imagine heaven rips open for this announcement. It's like a sneak peek of God's holiness and his beauty. This is the same glory that's in the Ark of the Covenant that traveled around in the tabernacle, in the temple, the high priest went in once per year after extensive ceremonial cleansing of sins, hoping he wouldn't die. The same glory led the nation of Israel in a pillar of fire out of Egypt to the promised land. It appeared to Moses on the top of Mount Sinai in the form of a burning bush. And then the verse says the shepherds were terrified. Can you imagine the terror? Unholy shepherds, unholy people like you and I. Now we've encountered the glory of God. Our unholiness has no cure. Our sin, it's scary, right? It's dangerous. This verse says it's terrifying. Last thing with your eyes still closed. What is it that makes you afraid? Is it the unknown? Is it the spiritual world? Is it death? Is it public speaking? Okay, you can open your eyes. 
no angel, just some guy up here doing public speaking, right? And so um, not that scary. And so we had our best effort at a heavenly host with Kyle in the choir, but we had to turn on your imagination so you can imagine the scene, because I know you've read this story so many times. Miracles are meant to be felt. I don't know how many of you guys have ever experienced a miracle. I've seen, I've seen a few things that, that might be miraculous um, in my life, and so they're always better felt and experienced. And so today we're gonna do three things. We're gonna unpack the miraculous good news of Jesus. And we're gonna celebrate it and we're gonna proclaim it. And then we're gonna see how proclaiming that good news, that miraculous good news, leads to celebration. And so for us tonight, let's dig into this most famous story in the Bible. The miraculous good news of Jesus is worthy of celebration and proclamation. So turn in your Bibles to Luke 2. Uh, I'm gonna start at verse eight. Uh, I have it on the screen for you. And there were shepherds living out in fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be terrified. You've got it all wrong. I bring you good news. This news will cause great joy for all the people. Let's take another look at this verse um, at the end. And it says in verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So now you're, you're starting to connect the dots, aren't you? You're like, man, I came for a Christmas service and they brought the missions pastor. I didn't come for a mission servant, right? How many of you guys came tonight for the Christmas? You came for the choir, the Christmas songs, the music, right? You didn't wanna hear a missions pastor and you're like, there it is. This guy is going to talk about all the people, the missions. He's gonna turn this into a missions message, isn't he? So don't worry, missions people love Christmas too, okay? But if I can just do one little story, right? Missions people love to tell stories, right? So look at this story. It can't be bad, right? We got Christmas hats, we got Christmas cookies, these are my two buddies. The one with the Christmas hat is Draw. He's like a family member to us. And Draw is making Christmas cookies to celebrate that we'd been studying the Bible this whole year. And then the guy with the big smile, he's about six foot nine. This guy's Nene Tangara. He's one of my best friends. And so Nene loves this story. And we had just uh, begun to study this story and um, he had waited and waited and waited because when we study, we go through the Old Testament first and then we work our way to the New Testament um, to get to the birth of Jesus. And so we finally make it and we began to read this story. And I do, like we believe here in American culture, right? And we begin to talk about the shepherds in that verse that we just read. Why would God come? Why would he speak to shepherds here um, versus the Caesar or the Sadducees or the Pharisees, right, or the high priest. Why is he coming and delivering this angelic message for shepherds? And I tell Nene, I think it's because it represents that Jesus is coming for the lowly, for all of us, right? You all have said that in Bible studies, I would assume, right? And so for us, I began to tell him that and explain that, and he stops me and he goes, not so fast, my friend. And he says, that may be true, 
but I want you to know something. You come from the most developed country in the history of this world. And he goes, your technology and all those sort of things that you guys live with, that could be true. And he said, I'm here to tell you that is not the case in my culture. He goes, my culture is developing and it's probably very much like the culture that Jesus was in. And he said, I want you to know what we think about the shepherds here. And he goes, because my country is torn up by terrorism and war. And he goes, our government is corrupt. They hire our journalists. They pay them so that they'll develop the message that they want them to develop. They tell the stories on television that promote their agenda. He goes, we don't trust them. And he goes, you wanna know the truth? He goes, shepherds look for water. They look for grass. They're young boys, which by the way, if you read this, most of the time, like David was a young shepherd boy, right? So there's good belief that most of these shepherds were probably young boys or young girls. And he says, they're young people and they're traveling around this country and they have no choice but to look for water and, and grass. And when they find it, they rest in that community and then they find out what the reality is on the ground. And he goes, so in my country, if I wanna know the truth, he goes, I talk to a shepherd. I talk to a herdsman. He goes, that's the arbiters of truth. And so for me, I'm like, wow, God's word is alive. It is speaking. And it's working through my Muslim friend here, Nene, the one with the big smile. And it's saying through him into his heart that this story could be true even for him because the great arbiters of truth in his society and his culture are these shepherd boys. And so he believes that um, is, is the thing that would make this story possible. Now it's important that you know in Islam that they believe that God set all this in motion, the world, us, our lives, and he's left it. He's disgusted with it, he's moved on, he doesn't want to participate in it because it's full of sin and he's a pure God that would never enter into any of this with us and he would never lower himself to those standards that we live in this world and develop it for evil. And so they don't believe it's possible for God to interact. But they do believe that he will be back one day in judgment. So he's off, doesn't care, you're stuck with living a good life, hoping for the best. And so this friend of mine, Nene, that's what he believes. God is, would never do it. But on the other hand, he's got this problem because he believes shepherds are the arbiters of truth. And so I asked him this question. I said, so if God had a miracle this big that I just had you close your eyes and feel and discover for you yourself, if God had a miracle this big, would it be possible that he would trust it to a doctor who's researching this to find out if it's true that had young shepherd boys that, pro that were there and experienced it and that he would be able to chase down potentially the eyewitness testimony of these guys and interview them? Because you'll notice as we go through these scriptures, there's gonna be a lot of quotations. And so we know that quotations mean that this, this came, this is the exact way it was spoken. And so as we keep moving here, do not um, get lost in all of this. This is going to cause great joy. This is going to be a great celebration. And that is the inverse relationship of this miraculous news is it leads to great celebration. 
And so as we look at the screen here, we see great joy, celebration. This is going to cause great joy. This is a great promise foretold of a celebration to come. So we have shepherds from our community. We have people sent out from our body. I used to be a part of that. I was a part of the Molly Hoops team. I was a mosaic community group leader, cell group leader. I've done these things at our church and was a part of this. And then we were sent out from this body. We were taken care of. I was welcomed home and then given a job to get up and share with you this good news from time to time and to help our people go and uh, do this. And so you're gonna take a look here and you're gonna see these shepherd type people that we have that go out, they tell the good news to people for the first time and then they get to put it in their language. This is gonna cause great joy. I've seen it cause great joy in people that they don't have to live a perfect life. They don't have to do mostly good. There's grace and that God entered into it. And so they're gonna get to share that. So I wanna show you this video of these guys. Nebat. Meraba Fellowship. Anisogoma. Selamat siang, Fellowship. Afile. Kisiba Bangara Aoye bi Dawuda Kaudugu. Oye Matigi ni Christi Aye. Wayo Manta Waha Magalada Daud Idinku Dashe, Badbadie O Ah Masiha Reviga Ah. Arini Tela Lahir Bagimu Juru Selamat yaitu Kristus, Tuhan, di kota Daud. Bugun sise davutum, kenten de bir kuturajo doldu, burab olon misiter luka iki on bir. Mutlu Noel. Ani sankura. Noel wanaksen. Selamat hari Natal, fellowship. Need translation? All right, good. I can help you. So, these are some of our global workers that I caught in the village, and we put this little video together um, to show you that it's hard for them. They're gone at Christmas time a lot of times. They're not here, and they've sacrificed, and they wanted to greet you. Their biggest thing is they want to belong, and they wanted to greet you, so they greeted you. They told you Merry Christmas. You probably recognize that from the word Noel in some of them, right? They, they told you Merry Christmas, and then they had this very good news for you. In Luke 2, 11, um, they said, today in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Wow. What a line. Let's read it again. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This is the miracle. This is the verse. They get to take that and tell people that for the first time ever in those languages. And in many cases, some of those languages you heard don't even have that translated into paper form to give to their people. And so I really want you all to catch that in its fullness of gravity. Think about that, gravity. Everything pulls to this moment in time, right? We have BC, AD, it's all pulling to this moment. Everything in eternity is pointing to this. All of its vulnerability also. All of its humility, that had to be required. Jesus came and lived cross-culturally in this broken world and all of its meaning and all of its surprise. So in the small little town 
that had a sign that says David was born here, right outside of the, the city. It says that was prophesied about all throughout the Old Testament. The person is born that will write it all. He will save us from the glory of God, the wrath of God, that would terrify us. Big news, but that isn't it. Israel, your promised Messiah, he's here. The one we've waited about, waited for since the Old Testament. He is finally here tonight in this moment to save Israel from their sin and their their brokenness. This is the one from Genesis chapter three. Think about that, Genesis chapter three that God explains to Abraham and he says, Abraham was credited with faith because he believed in this chosen Messiah. That's how far we go back. This is the word that spoke it into existence and now it's here. This isn't just for the Gentiles, which is us, right? I think sometimes we miss this. This is also Israel's chosen Messiah. And here's what no one saw. There's a third act to this verse. And I think this is where we get lost and we read it too fast. No one thought this was gonna be this way. This is not how anyone interpreted the scriptures. They all needed a savior. You needed a savior. I needed a savior. We wanted a Messiah. But what we got was the Lord. Like the Lord did it. Like he came down. Emmanuel, God with us. He came down. That's why we celebrate That's why it's worth proclaiming this. Do you ever think about paradox? Like what a paradox this is? Like paradox is something that can be bizarrely opposite, but equals up to the truth, right? And so I thought about this and I wrote these down. I thought only God could write this story. I would have thought it would have been a 35 year old king, ruler, politician who was super powerful if I'd not known this story growing up. But we got a baby That's weird. We didn't get deity, right? We'd seen that in the ark. We'd seen that in the temple. We didn't get deity. We got humanity. We got both. That's paradoxical. It's announced as shepherd boys in a field by the glory of the Lord and a heavenly host of angels. Heaven rips open in the middle of a field outside of the major city of Jerusalem, right? born to a teenage girl. Man, that's a lot. You guys ever wish um, that you could know if these type things were 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt true? I know sometimes I think like that in my, my waning moments where my heart, my, not my heart, probably my brain wonders. Like how could we know? I mean, if this is Dr. Luke's inspired scriptures by the Holy Spirit, Could we ever just get a sign? And so they put it in quotations for you here. You can see it. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby and he'll be wrapped in cloths and he'll be lying in a manger. So now, I had you close your eyes. You're the shepherds. You don't know if all this is true. And you show up and all of this is paradoxical is happening and they don't even have a hotel room or a hospital This baby's put in a feeding trough, right, a manger, and he doesn't even have one of those snuggle blankets that wraps his arms down. It's just strips of cloth wrapped around him, right? So I know you guys, you're a hard crowd, so you probably need more proof, right? And so the next slide here in uh, Luke 2, 
verse 13 and 14, it says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Can you guys imagine? Like I was thinking about this as I read it. For eternity, possibly, the angels have waited for this day and now they're gonna show out, right? I told Kyle in the, the choir, good job, good try tonight, but nothing like this, right? We've got the angels singing God's glory and the backstop of them. What, how awesome are their voices probably, right? They've waited all of eternity to do this. This is Christmas. This is the birthday of Jesus to give this gift to humanity. That's why we give each other gifts at Christmas. It's because we were given this gift out of eternity into the full vulnerability of a baby in a manger. What kind of celebration? I bet you guys are like me. I'm a wanderer. And my mind thinks, what must this have been like? I wanna ask. I've got so many questions when I get to heaven. I hope they at least have a replay of this that we can see. I know I'm gonna ask and I interview the shepherds uh, if I get that chance. Think about this, a sovereign God. And sometimes that word stumbles me up a little bit. What does that really mean? But a sovereign God who's in control of all of it on this night, he reveals his plan to redeem all of this sin. He put it right in the garden and he's gonna fix it all in this plan. And it's revealed, the angels knew it, we didn't know it, that he's gonna do it himself and the second person of the Trinity is gonna send Jesus into this. What a celebration. And so it's these moments that give me great proof. I wanna show you a verse from the Old Testament that's about 400 plus years. To put that in perspective, I tell my, my 12-year-old boy, he has a wondering mind like me too, and he looks at things out of the box, and he asked me, how long is 400 years? Like, could I put it in perspective? And I said, well, you've studied history. You know about George Washington. Well, that was about 230 years ago. So about double that is how long we're talking since this prophecy in Micah. And it says, marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. This will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, there it is, through you are small among the clans of Judah. Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. And here's the big line, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Who else is from that? Only Jesus. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. And the, and the angels, the heavenly hosts, celebrate this son on this night. This one comes from eternity. This, we didn't get a man. We didn't get a person who came to save us. We got a man who came to save us or we got God who came to save us in the form of Jesus cloaked in humanity, fully God, fully man in the same moment, very paradoxical, but totally makes sense in our heart of hearts to how it can be. And God ordered a census 
from the most powerful government to get Mary into the hometown of Joseph because his great-great-grandpa is David to make this come true. 400-something years before it was written like this, just so we'd, so there's no doubts in our heart of any of this sort of stuff is true. What do you guys think? I think we got a lot of miraculous good news here. And so I send people the fist bump emoji, the check mark emoji all the time. So I'm sending it to you right there. What do you guys think? Have we accomplished it? Like, is there good news? Is it miraculous? Let's don't look over this. Luke 2, I know you've read it a bazillion times. I have too, and I don't want you to miss it. You know, I stand here and we got one week until Christmas Eve tonight. And so we've got this miraculous good news. And so I wanted to give it to you tonight. Take a look at this. Luke 2, 15 says, when the angels had let them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. And I cut the verse off there for you. What do you think they said? Let's go. So I asked one of my friends and they said, oh, they had all those sheep or goats and all those sort of things. They said, I bet they had to debate over who was gonna stay. And I love my friend and I'm, and I'm not gonna tell you their name because you would make fun of them. But I was like, I don't think that's what happened. I think they do what kids do on Christmas morning, right? The first one who wakes up is down underneath that tree. They looked each other in the eyes and they took off after this miracle, right? And so if you look, it goes on to say, let's go to Bethlehem. There's no other choice. Let's make that six mile journey to Bethlehem uphill. Let's do it as fast as we can. And it goes on to say, and let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, just like the angel told them it would be. If they had any doubt in their heart, it keeps getting removed. I want you to watch what happens next in this story because I know you've read it so many times, just like I have. You've read it with your kids. You've read it with your family. And there's something that happens next here. It takes a hard right turn because I think like a movie trailer. What's next? What's, what, what did they see? Like, were there miracles inside the stable, inside the cave where it was, in the manger? What happened? And this is the part of this story that we miss all the time. Here we go. Verse 17, when they said, or when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It's a classic story. It leaves you wanting more. But they don't tell you what happened. They just told you what happened in their lives. So at this moment, this story takes the hard right turn. Let's take another look at it. I want you to put your proclaiming glasses on, not your, sometimes my, my friends, they'll watch the Razorback games and they say the refs are cheating us with their Razorback glasses is what I say, or their rose-colored glasses. But tonight I'm asking you to put your proclaiming glasses on, okay? Let's take another look at this verse with the proclaiming words. When they had seen it, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who hear it were amazed 
and what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Christmas is a story of proclamation. The Lord is with us. Emmanuel is with us. And we get to proclaim that, okay? Now, I told you at the beginning we were gonna look at miraculous good news. I gave you the big check mark. Now we see that people are proclaiming it. Proclaiming's the hard one. I know you're nervous about it. I get nervous about it. I haven't done this much. I haven't got to get up here and preach much. The last time I can remember getting to preach, I actually preached in front of jihadist in a prison in Mali. So you guys aren't that tough a crowd, really. Uh, so proclaiming is the part that scares us all, right? But I want you to see what happens when it's proclaimed. Now take those glasses off, put them, put them down, put your celebration glasses on, right? Like imagine those New Year's Eve glasses that people wear. Let's take a look at this verse. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for, what, for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So, Remember my friend Nene? There we are sweating it out in the back of a cab. It's probably like 110 degrees. Kind of funny on tonight that I walked over here and it was freezing outside. If you, I don't think the picture's big enough. You can probably see where I'm like crazy sweating. So we lit this candle of love tonight. You guys remember that at the beginning? We barely got it lit, but we got it. And so, and this candle of love, I probably should remind you first. You remember when I told you about Islam? God would never... Join us here. He's too pure. He's too holy. Just got to try to live a good life and hope that he judges us uh, fairly at the end. So my friend Nene, with the big smile always there, he believes that. Well, so our last Bible study that we were doing was with this story. Well, his dad, his mentor, his hero becomes deathly ill. He has to go into a Malian hospital let me give you a few facts about a Malian hospital that you guys can understand. <clears throat> they are prepay. So if you don't pay for the surgery, they don't do the surgery. You pay before it happens. They also are bad at communication. They won't call you. They won't take your number. And they won't uh, keep you updated. So you don't have much choice but to get the information except for to find some cardboard and sleep outside in this 110 degree weather infested with malaria mosquitoes on cardboard outside the hospital so that the nurse will walk outside and know where you are and say, hey, we need $50 or we won't take the next steps to help your dad. And so Nene loved his dad so much. And so we did what you guys taught us. We did community. You know what we did? We did a meal train. We made, we made meals, but there was only... Just two families who did that. We had an ice chest. Nobody has an ice chest there. We loaded it up with drinks. We took it to him. We took our lawn chairs. We took our sleeping mats and our mosquito nets. We suspended our Bible study 
until his dad got better. And we waited and we prayed with his family and we sat with them. Just like you guys have taught us. We re- Thank God, Nene's dad got better. He got out of the hospital. We resumed our Bible study a month later. So at the beginning of these Bible studies, you have to tell what you're thankful for and especially how God has blessed you and especially how God has blessed you through your community. And so Nene begins to say, Jason, you're more of a brother to me than my brother who never came. He just sent money. And I said, oh, I don't know. I can't accept that. I said, he said, you're more of a son to my dad than my oldest brother is. He only sent money. And he said, to love someone, Jason, you have to understand, you don't know this, my friend. To love someone, you don't know what you did for us. To love someone, you have to enter into it with them. He said, you can't love them unless you come in. You have to be in their situation. You have to be be able to see. You have to be thoughtful. You have to know what the reality is. And he goes, that's the only way you can love someone well, is to do that. And so I want you to know that the word became flesh for us. The second person of the Trinity in full communion and community became flesh for us. This is why we celebrate all this, right? It's why we light a love candle because he had to be in it with us. He had to be in it with us. And so I want you to know at the beginning, what I said was probably not true. It's the greatest story ever told. It's actually the greatest news ever given. And I can tell you guys, if my kids get into college someday, and especially if it's a good college, and they get a scholarship, that's great news. I'm gonna tell you guys about it. But we gotta go camping for me to tell you good stories a lot of times. We don't always go camping and we don't do that, right? If, it's my, if one of my kids gets married, I'm gonna tell you that great news. And so this story is not just to be celebrated, it's to be proclaimed and celebrated because it's such miraculous good news for all of us. And so tonight we get to sing these songs, we get to adore him, right? We get to celebrate him in this celebration of all of us because he loved us and because God said, I'm going into it with him. I'm gonna feel the pain, I'm gonna feel it all. i 
Celebrate Christ, so would you stand with us and sing this?
God, we love you. We celebrate you as Emmanuel, God, with us. Father, be with us as we prepare our hearts to go and tell of your good news. Pray these things in your name, amen. Hey, fellowship, we got one week left till Christmas. Are you like me? Have you, are you behind on gifts? You got, probably gotta wrap some even more than that, right? And you wanna do some family stuff, take them ice skating, you want to uh, maybe go to the movies. I know for me, I've probably forgotten more Advent Devos than I've actually done, right? And so for us, we've got this opportunity. As you look here on the big screen, we've got Christmas Eve services one week from tonight to come and celebrate and proclaim. So that means it's time to invite your friends to this deal. Can you, can you invite them to Christmas Eve and say, hey, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a great musician, and we're going to sing Christmas songs, and you're going to love it. And so invite your friends, but here's my charge for you. Starting tonight, let's get around the dinner table. Let's pray together. Let's read this story. Let's get washed away in the miraculous good news of this story. Let's don't let it just be something that we gloss over and we read and we go shopping and we go to the movies and we do over and over so many years and we rush, 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 like Ashley talked about at the beginning. Let's take a breath, let's exhale, let's get with our families and let's adore this king that's been given to us. Mosaic, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Love you guys, Merry Christmas.